Hello and welcome to Corn Fed Witch. This is Diana Rowan and I am here to review books and handle witchcraft and sometimes handle books and review witchcraft. Whatever you decide is best. So I decided for this episode's book. This is actually a very good book. It's very pleasing to look at. It's The Witch's Path by Thorne Mooney. Advancing your craft at every level. The cover is really a nice shade of blue and we got what I call the pumpkin spice aesthetic. Um, just lots of oranges. We have some animals. Uh, a squirrel, an owl, a raven, and you know, some, a deer antler, and some crystals, and all of the witch's tools. On the back, we have the back blurb. It's called Get, or it's called, it's, it says, Get unstuck, find inspiration, and take the next step on your path. The summary that has on the back. If you're just tuning in and this is your first episode, I'd like to describe the book's cover by reading the blurb, the about author, you know, general information to, to kind of get a face, like the first impression of the book, and then I'll go into the actual book review. So get unstuck, find inspiration, and take the next step on your path. The Witch's Path is all about raising your witchcraft practice to the next level. Whether you're a beginner who feels overwhelmed, a disillusioned adept, a jaded covenant leader, or anyone in between. This book shares specific hands-on tips for what you can do to move forward spiritually today, no matter what your starting point. Join Thorn Mooney on an exploration of the most common themes Practitioners need to look into when they're feeling stagnant or stuck. Sacred space, devotion, ritual, and magnet. Not magnet. Magic. Personal practice and community. Every chapter features four separate exercises designed for four different types of readers. So you can come back to this book as you grow and discover fresh techniques and activities. The Witch's Path helps renew your sense of engagement with the craft so you can continue evolving your spirit, your practice, and yourself. It's kind of like the spiral path where everything's the same but different each time you do something. So about the author, Thorin Mooney is a witch of more than 20 years and the high priestess of Foxfire, a traditional Gardnerian coven thriving in the American South. She holds graduate degrees in religious studies and English literature and has worked as a writer and tarot reader. Thorne maintains a long-standing YouTube channel and has been blogging about witchcraft and the occult for more than a decade. She's also a regular at, ah, at pagan festivals throughout the United States. Visit her at thorntewitch.com. That's another reason why I picked up this book is 
because of her background in Gardnerian Wicca, which if you remember, I used to be a Gardnerian witch. I decided that it really wasn't for me and I split paths with the coven. There was a lot more to it, but um, it just wasn't a good fit. We learned a lot of lessons there and got one of my best friends ever from it. So I have no regrets. No regrets at all. Thorn Mooney. I really love her social media. I was so excited to read this book. And it was fairly new when I bought it. It took me a while to get around to reading it. Because I'm sh as I'm sure you can relate if you're a reader, you just keep buying books and buying them and buying them but not reading them i am guilty of that so very guilty so if you're new my book reviews format i do the cover the author the blurb and then i summarize the book go into three things i liked about the book and three things that I, you know, wish would have been improved or I didn't like. Because there's always room for improvement. No book is perfect. And I prefer to give kind of unbiased reviews of books because I want you to make your own decision. It's your own path. No one should tell you how to do it. So, let's get into the meat of this. So this book is just basically, basically we're acquainting you with witchcraft if you're a seasoned practitioner or introducing you to it. It's kind of like a beginner, well, intermediate beginner book. It's not, it's not so beginner where it lists all the different types of witchcraft and what goes into them. Or the history like you get with some other Witchcraft 101 books. But it doesn't... It's not so advanced of where you don't have to be an adept or initiated to understand what's going on. She touches on... Like it said the on the blurb. Devotion, sacred space, ritual, personal practice, and community. Which are all important aspects of Witchcraft. Especially for someone who's just starting out and doesn't know where to begin. So sacred space, I think, is a topic that's not discussed a lot in the books I've read thus far. But she really goes into detail on how to, how to get that set up. Like lighting a candle, making a special time, setting up an altar... And I really like the daily devotional aspect she had. The, so, I had to narrow it down to three things I liked. Because there were a lot of things I liked about this book. I'm also anxiously awaiting a book that I hate. Just so I can balance it out, I guess. Polarity is a thing. But I, I really liked how insightful she was. And you can, you can really tell that 
um, she has a background in teaching because the way she structures it, she, um, for, well, if you worked in education at some point, you know, like the Madeline Hunter model, you check comprehension, then you go into the meet, and then you gradually tailor, like, the graph. I gotta remember my words. <laughs> you gotta release the information gradually so the students can understand and you assess. And you can really pick that up through her writing. She uses great examples. She um, does a lot of describing a scenario and then going back and say, Did you notice I did this? I like that. So three things I liked it about it. I would have to say the writing style. It's very, very clear. She explains things thoroughly, but not overly thoroughly. Two, the exercises are really great. I like the variety with the, of the different learning styles that are included. She addresses how you can adapt. Those exercises, like if you have trouble visualizing, she explains how you can do another thing that will do the, have the same result. And the way that she structured the, the elements with the exercises, I really enjoyed. Like, you know, air was more intellectual, and then earth seemed to be tailored to the people who are stuck in a rut or too grounded. There's something for everyone. You can really get it um, if you work through the exercises. I also didn't realize what the difference between reading a book and working through a book until I read this book. Because, to be honest, I don't usually do the exercises just because that's just me. I like to read. But I will probably revisit those exercises in the future. And the third thing... Because I could only pick three things that I like about this book. Um, there's just so many good things. I really liked how she put an emphasis on doing the work. And she even explains in one of the chapters on how you have to do the work to really get the most out of witchcraft. Rather than just be an armchair witch who just reads books all day. There's nothing wrong with that. But some of the things you're not going to absorb as well unless you're doing them. And for three things, I'm really going to... Three things I dislike about the book. I'm really going to have difficulty um, with this. Do, 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 do. Thinking, 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 thinking. I maybe would have liked a little bit of history. Even though that's not really the focus of the book. It's a personal preference. Just give a background because you are going to get some people who are completely new to witchcraft. And... Let's see something else. Man, I just really, I just really like this book. 
maybe, I don't know, maybe I would have liked it to be a little bit simpler. Like, just because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, that it needs to be, well, it doesn't need to be, but you might get people who are really, really new to class, to witchcraft. I also, what else would I have liked to see? Oh, it deals with imposter syndrome. That's a great, that's a great part of this book as well, because even the most advanced witches suffer from that. I would have liked to see it go into like how to navigate not appropriating indigenous cultures more just for like kind of round it up she does very well she, she does um very well with you know go being oh what's the word I suffer from migraine, so sometimes I lose my words. I would have liked to see her deal with that in, I guess, more detail. Even though the book is pretty well-rounded as far as being worldly and, you know, making an effort to listen to witches of color, which is an overwhelming problem in the witchcraft community, especially in the Wiccan community. Just a little bit more of that. Overall, it's a very good book. I suggest you go out and read it. It's a quick read. It's only about 100, 200 pages. So I went through it pretty quickly. Pretty accessible. It's from Llewellyn. Let's see what I did not show or say when it was published. 2021 so it has not been out long at all once again that was the witch's path by thorn mooney who's a third degree gardenerian high priestess and prolific youtuber it's great why should i put this book i have too many things on my desk oh no there we go. <laughs> anyway. So that was my book review for this this episode. And now I'll be going into do I do the spells next? Yes, I think I will do the spell next. So I don't really have a specific source because multiple people have told me this before from different teachers at the seminary. It's how to train yourself to see the positive in each situation. Or well, maybe not every situation, but to see more positive things in the world. So, I don't know if I've talked about reticular activation, where, for example, where, like you basically conditioned yourself this to see things or to notice things more just think um, if you buy a red car you're gonna notice red cars more 
So if we take that, or like, you know, if you play like punch buggy, where you like punch someone every time you see a, like a Volkswagen Beetle. I'm not for violence, so please don't hit people. But that's an example. You're going to notice those Volkswagen Beetles more often if you get some sort of sadistic reward. Or some sort of reward doesn't have to be sadistic. Unless that's your thing. I don't kink shame. If you get off um, punching buggies, that's your business. As long as it's consensual. But, so here's how you train yourself to see good more often. List your gratitudes. Like if you have a situation where like your hot water goes out, like your partner uses all, all the hot water, turn that around and say, I am thankful to have running water. Because you still have water, it's just cold. Or if you're stuck in a traffic jam and you're pretty much in a hurry, but you know, you're stuck. You could say, I am grateful for lessons in patience. Or another example would be, uh, let's think. If you're having a really busy day at work and you're stressful, you could turn that around and say, I'm grateful for job security. Because they're going to keep you there if it's busy and they need the people. Regardless of how, how bad or good of a worker you are. So that's how to start seeing the positive in more situations more often. And conversely, you can train yourself to see the negative things more as well. But you, I don't know why you'd want to do that, but maybe you need more balance in life. Balance is important. So for the, this episode's eco-friendly tip, I actually had an interesting experience in Aldi the other day, or, uh, like, if you're not from the Midwest, Aldi is a store that is, it's a no-frill store where you bag your own groceries. You have to use a quarter to, to get a shopping cart out. It's actually more environmentally friendly and because they save on monies, like, bat monies, um, save on like bagging groceries, you don't have to pay as much labor. So the, the groceries end up being cheaper. But I went there to get a coffee maker of all things. And my partner said that they were on sale. So I went and I got one. It was an individual sized coffee maker. And it had a Keurig, like a pod dispenser, I guess. I don't like the pods. Never really, well, I like the flavors, but I don't like the plastic terrible for the environment. Anyway, I was bagging my own groceries and this lady came up to me and she must have been goddess in disguise. Um, she started talking about how the Keurig pods are so bad for the environment. And I was like, kind of feeling a little bit awkward. 
um, because one, I don't use them and I got it for the individual size and because it was only like $22. So I'm like, I'm agreeing with her. I'm like, this must be goddess sending me a message. So I wanted to share with you, um, the tip that don't use coffee pods. They're terrible for the environment. You can, like, the reusable ones are cool if you ha only have a Keurig maker. Though, first world problems, am I right? If you only have a Keurig pod coffee maker, um, you can get the reusable plastic. They're still plastic, but they're not as disposable. Because if you watch these documentaries, like on Netflix, you just, like, they, they clean up the ocean. There's just all these Keurig pods just litter they like they don't go anywhere so if you have to if you have to use the, the pods try to use the reusable ones understand that we're all human we all make mistakes we can only do the best we can but there's just one way to save the environment even better yet just use the actual filter in your coffee maker and just keep reusing that. So that was your environmentally friendly tip. And now you know that Diana hates Keurig pods. Which, you know, I love coffee. So now... Um, we're going to do a little tarot reading. I usually do like one card or maybe three cards, probably just one and do kind of like a little mini analysis. I, if you follow me on Facebook, I do one card draws every day and then examine that and see how the energy um, of the day fits in with the cards energy. And I just kind of meditate on that all day. So let's see what our tarot card of the episode is. It's the Knight of Swords. And I'm using the Pagan Cat Tarot. It's full of cats. So, Knight of Swords. It's a cat riding an owl who's holding a sword. Swords are associated with air, so it's very fitting that the cat is riding an owl. So this usually... I usually interpret this as like racing thoughts, like you're charging in intellectual things are coming at you quickly. It's a very fast card. And I do think the, the Knight of Swords, or the Knights in general, are really kind of like the, the fuckboys of the tarot. Like, maybe... Like, you're, you're just charging in with these fantasies, or these, not really fantasies, but these thoughts. Like, lots of anxious thoughts, and you're just like, ah, I just want to do this. Not really, like, grounding yourself. It's not a lot of earth in this card. is air. And it's pretty strong energy, because it's one of the court cards. So, if you find yourself with racing thoughts, or, you know... Just can't stop thinking. Your mind is going a mile a minute. Just take a few deep breaths and ground yourself. Maybe drink some water, light some incense, and find your sacred space. 
And it's like a tabby cat, too. The owl looks like Hedwig, if you've ever seen Harry Potter. I enjoy it. So that was another episode of Cornfed Witch. My name is Diana Rowan. Um, check me out on Facebook, Patreon, Seattle Psychic Association, all those things under Cornfed Witch. I love your support. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope to see you. Well, I don't even hear you. I hope you, um, you tune in next time. I'll be reading a book on the Kabbalah. Well, learning about it. I want to explore all these different traditions. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Go out and buy The Witch's Path by Thorn Mooney. And I will see you in the cornfield. Anyway, I'm Diane Rowan. Thank you for turning in. Stay home or stay safe and have yourself a grand old time.